Welcome to the only Star Trek podcast that exists on the internet. My name is Peter. My name is Rachel. This song is not our theme song. It's not our theme song. I got my mind set on you. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yep, I know this one now. You know, I know this uh, has, a, has the levels down, down a bit. Yeah, George Harrison. This is this falls into the category of a song that is you're like, oh, I like this song. Oh, this is a good one. And then about a minute in, you're like, okay, okay wait, but can you just can you turn the just stop? I hate this song because that's the entire song. Are you aware of the weird the Weird Al version of this song? No, what's the what's the Weird Al version? Okay, so oh, and by the way, for newcomers to the podcast, we play the song that was the number one song when the episode of the Next Generation that we're talking about aired. So this was the number one song on January eleventh, nineteen eighty-eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Weird Al version of this song is, this song is just six words long. (laughs) (laughs) Songs, this song, it's a, it's an apostrophe and they're going to play a stupid commercial, which I'm going to, um, so here it is. Wait, 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 I'm going to cut you off. Okay. I'm going to let you finish, but. From the out. From the even this worse album by Weird Al Yankovic. Any old lyrics. Okay. <laughs> um. What's really great about that is uh, anything Weird Al sings like is immediately nostalgic for me. I listened to so much Weird Al growing up that like, not growing up, I should say like in college, in high school and college, I listened to a lot of Weird Al. I, de- I definitely listened to it growing up more so than in college. My first uh, concert was a Weird Al concert. Ah, I know, I've never seen Weird Al in concert. It was really fun. It was super, super fun. I saw him at Summerfest Quite in Milwaukee to... when I was a freshman in college. Sorry about that interruption. <laughs> it's totally yeah, fine. I'm going to stop sharing while I figure out this next thing. This is where Rachel fills us in on the Weird Al situation. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was super fun. He had like a ton of costume changes and like he'd go off screen for like off screen off stage for a moment we were third row and um it was first come first serve and then like everybody started standing on the benches yeah where the seating yep. which is super obnoxious so then we had to stand on the benches mm-hmm. i can't stand and, that uh i remember 
being um, super into it, but also the whole time being slightly worried that we were going to miss our bus back to the like rideshare lot. Yep. That's <laughs> it's like it. Uh, I yep. That's those are. Yep. I'm constantly looking at my watch. I'm like, uh, what time do we have to get? Yeah. Um, because we there was like there were shuttles going from these rideshare lots to the Summerfest grounds, and. Uh, like it was fine. It of course it all worked out fine. Yeah. Um, I was just worried because it was like the last show of the evening, and like, oh man, what if buses leave? Yep. Do. And that was back when all I had was like my little Nokia cell phone, and there wasn't Lyft or Uber. And yeah. I didn't really understand the taxis in Milwaukee or what their situation was, and I didn't know what to do. Yep. No. Yeah. The the life pre um, internet on your phone, way different. Very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, which you, it still happens. Like mm-hmm. one of the times that it happened to me six years ago when I first moved here, I lived in an apartment where the door auto locked behind you. Mm, and yeah. I was going, I was taking the trash out. And for whatever reason, I because I was bringing the trash out, I just, I just didn't bring my keys or my cell sure. phone with me. And so I was like, how, what do I do? <laughs> like, I don't have any numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't, I had just moved into town. So I don't know people, even if I did know them, how many, I don't memorize numbers. You know? Nobody memorizes, like the numbers that I know off the top of my head are my parents and my best friend when I from when I was 11 and that was <laughs> I only know my number off the I only have my my number memorized sure that, that's it just that one and so luckily I was like I knew that my landlord also owned and rented the house right next door mm-hmm. so I just like knocked on their door and was like this is weird sorry but like can you I don't even have their number can you call them and tell them that I locked myself out and it was like day two of living there did you ever get back in I never did (laughs) (laughs) oddly enough never got back in um I okay so this is in Normally we do current events mm-hmm. and I, I propose a podcast audible, audible change audible okay. Rachel audible means it has mm-hmm. multiple meanings, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in football, it means an audible means you change the play and it's because the quarterback does an audible. Like they say, I learned that from watching Friday night lights. Yeah, there you go. I'm uh, I'm being a a, a jerk. <laughs> so let's instead we're going to play the current events music, but it is mm-hmm. to signal that we are about to talk about Wandavision spoilers. Big big Wandavision spoilers. So that's in a second though, because okay. for, first, what's first? Just l- listener appreciation. Um, shout outs aka just listing their names so okay. 
Nathan, I don't know if you're caught up on WandaVision. If you're still listening to this point, you might want to tune out. Dustin, I know for sure is not. So Dustin, Dustin, don't listen to this part. Um, let's see. Dale might be listening. If they are, Dale, I don't think you care about WandaVision. And I think you'll laugh. So you're safe. Which others of my friends listen? I think that might be it. Okay, now for you. Now, do you have any? Um, <laughs> I was like, do I have any friends? Maybe. Um, Jane, maybe. I don't know if Jane watches WandaVision. Was Jane, who who gave us the feedback that um, Peter's lazy and doesn't doesn't have um, clear nomenclature in that, the episode that was Jane. times? Okay, Jane... I greatly appreciate the feedback and I am working on it, kind of. And it was mostly for like sorting purposes. Oh, I know. They, I am. They were. I, I like, oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Please I was going to say, uh, Jane is now watching Deep Space Nine and she wasn't sure like how much Star Trek we've talked about. So didn't want to run into any Deep Space Nine spoilers. Okay. I am. Jane She's watching I, it with her with her girlfriend for the first time. Okay, Jane, we're on the nomenclature situation. We're we're our people are working on it, kind of. Um let's see who else. Uh Agatha might be listening. I don't know if she's had time. She's got like a pile of kids and is the best like mom and caretaker person ever. I have a question. Yes. She's in WandaVision, so I think it's probably okay for her to listen. Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. This is, this is it might be a different Agatha. Okay, well then there, that's there's there's multiple Agathas. Okay, so if you subscribe to like the multiverse theory, I don't of fake news. <laughs> <laughs> that got me off guard. Um, <laughs> The multiverse theory of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, okay, then yeah. This is uh, this Agatha exists in a universe in which um, she did not become that kind of witch. She's very witchy and does cool witchy stuff. Okay, like um, knitting with like four different little needles, where she's like knitting a mitten, and then I don't know how to describe it. Four needles. Yeah. That's like playing. Have you ever seen somebody play the marimba with two mallets in each hand? Yeah, that's some magic shit. Okay. Okay. I'm going to. This is. If you don't want spoilers for WandaVision, here's what's going to happen. We're going to play this music. Mm -hmm. Spoilers start to happen. I'll play the music again at the end Mm -hmm. of of this spoilery section if you want to jump ahead to listen to us talk about star trek so um spoilers starting now this is spoiler music spoilers spoilers Spoilers. for wandavision spoilers for wandavision spoilers Spoilers. okay um overall i really like wandavision i like what it's doing it's my (laughs) favorite thing since the um enter the spider-verse like Yes, I could have watched if they wanted to do that bit where they just kept doing those episodes of the show like I would have watched a whole 
just every week tune in to see like another weird sitcom you know yeah and watch like different lines of reality getting crossed yeah and trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on yeah because um i haven't watched a show like that in a while that that kept me trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. and then i would be wrong (laughs) but Mm -hmm. in a way in which i was also delighted yeah um, or like fascinated. I think the last show that really did that for me was uh, Watchmen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you're trying to piece stuff together and then like something else is revealed and it it doesn't feel like like a deus ex machina situation. Yeah. Where it just feels like you're getting all this different information at different times and then you're finally able to piece it all together. Yeah. Um, the... I, I liked Elizabeth Olsen. Like you get more interaction with her and, and with Vision. It's just like, it felt more like what I liked about reading comics when I was growing up. Like it just felt weird and like interesting and, you know, still like it, it brought in elements um, from all over the place. The thing I didn't, so some stuff I didn't like, I wanted Quicksilver I wanted I wanted that to be the in to the greater X-Men universe like I wanted them to to somehow be like we brought this person in this is your brother from a from another there's a multiple universes and this is your brother from another universe and he happened to like have been warped in you know? yeah yeah, I was fully expecting this to be just the other Quicksilver. Um, like, it's it would have been fine if it was, like, Quicksilver being manipulated by Agatha. Um, but I was kind of assuming it was going to tie into the Doctor Strange, like, multiverse stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, had the, they had the... Ralph. They had every opportunity, yeah. And then it's just Ralph. But the, there's still a chance, right? Because when they showed... Scar- when they showed uh, Wanda seeing the vision of the Scarlet Witch like come at her when she was in that place. When being, she was like in the compound. The- yeah, being like irradiated with the infinity stones or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. And she sees this Scarlet Witch looking person. So, right. it, yeah, there's that. I mean, also... What a, it's just the perfect time. Like you're talking about all these origins of these people. The as far as I remember, like Scarlet Witch was the daughter of Magneto. You could have brought it all in. Could have been all just and you don't have to overdo it. You could just tease it out and just be like, here you go. Yeah, so. I'd I'd been hoping for like an Ian McKellen reveal. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be like this big reveal. Well, in, and in that last episode too, uh, I forget her name, but Rambo. Rambo. Monica? First Blood, part WandaVision. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rambo is like, Cliff, I need some help. And I was like, <gasps> Cliff? I was thinking... Uh, it was um, what's his name? Uh, Hawkeye. 
Oh, sure. I was like, oh, they're going to bring Hawkeye for the last episode. I, I would have been so excited about that. Um, but no. And just some FBI guy named Cliff. Yeah. And I mean, the way the way the story got all tied together was fine for me. It was fine. I was having more fun when everything was unexplained. Um, yeah. I love uh, what's her name? Kat Dennings. Is that her name? Yes. She's just just I like I do you follow her on Instagram? She's she's really funny on Instagram, too. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. hope um, I hope we have more of her. I like her much better without Natalie Portman. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of stuff I like Natalie Portman in, but the Thor movies were not no. them. She just no. didn't sing for me in those. Um, and Garden, just the chemistry was. Mm-hmm. Garden State, pro Garden State, Natalie I Portman. I liked her Garden State. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can't do that. You know that song? Mm-hmm. I still ha- I have a Garden State soundtrack somewhere. Of course. <laughs> a CD. I think all of us do. Metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Right. In our hearts. Mm-hmm. In our pants. Every, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, government issued. Garden government State. issued Garden State soundtrack. When you're born a millennial, it's what happens. Well, what what's my excuse then? Because I'm Gen X. And well, I'm I think probably maybe in the same way that there's um, Oregon Trail millennials there's probably Garden State Gen X. Oh, okay. That explains it. It's another mm-hmm. multiverse thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, Kat Dennings is really good. I'm going to I'm gonna try to... to we'll, we'll speed this up a little bit just so yeah. that we can get to TNG also. The biggest thing that I hated about this <laughs> was I... Well, I loved Agatha. Like Agatha Harkness is... A phenomenal character and the actress that plays her was Amazing. so funny so funny so but so like sharp and good as a sharp, bad guy super attractive like i think anyway yeah just like for sure here so here is the alternate take about agatha we mm-hmm. see her she's being attacked by a bunch of witches for just being different mm-hmm. they attack her Mm-hmm. And she saps the life out of them, right? Which, if this, if she was cast as a quote-unquote hero, that would have been like, oh, hero defeats the villains, right? Um, mom <clears throat> was trying to kill her, trying to kill her daughter, and Agatha, you know, sapped the life out of her mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we're in this like alternate reality thing that Wanda created. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And enslaved all of these people. Yep, hundreds of people, and that's conservatively speaking, because it was right. probably more like a thousand if it's if it's like a like a small town, right? Right. So, somewhere between hundreds and a couple thousand people, she has enslaved, and we know that they that they're all still aware of what's going on because on some level. Yeah, because when they when they snap those people out of it, they're like, "Help me! What's going on? Now my 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 uh, niece is having surgery or whatever." Yeah, um, please let me just go home and hold my kid. Let her come out of her room. Yeah. So and then somehow Agatha, you know, I don't think they quite explained how Agatha figured out 
what and and put herself in the midst of that but somehow she did mm-hmm. in yeah. my mind agatha's well within her rights to do it the things that she did to wanda like even and you're like oh the kids oh she was she did those terrible things to the kids they were not wanda's kids they were not real they yeah. were they were creations of wanda's brain not actual people right um i even think like i don't know that that dog was real the one she killed yeah no i don't well could have been could have been it could have been that's that's a mark against her but but then for wanda to do what she did which is basically enslave re-enslave agatha Right. And just and we know that she's aware of what's going on. Yeah, like, like her, her eyes were all teary at the end. Oh boy, that got it. me. I hated it. I, like, I fucking hated it. I would it, have been happier with her just like in prison. Yes. Yeah. Like or maybe not such a westernized view of what like villains and stuff are. If this was written by like Miyazaki or something, you know, like you know, with like the the witch in Spirited Away, it turns out is like, you know, it, it, you come to more of an equal understanding of one another. And, right. And I and I don't know much about the character in the comics, but I think Agatha in the comics helps Scarlet Witch like teaches her. Yeah, in the comics, Agatha is her aunt. Oh, okay. And is also a witch and um, teaches her about her powers. I, I mean, I'm, I'd be okay with that. Like, that's the that's the like regular comic book slash soap opera style of doing things is you put you pit these people against each other for the sake of pitting them against each other and then they're like you know it's 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 as cheesy as that moment in batman versus superman is where they're like oh both of our moms are are named martha that's Mm -hmm. comic books though they fight and then they like unite together because what comic book fans want both we both want to see our heroes fight each other, but we also want to see them teamed up. And like, yeah. I think it just would have worked better if they would have just not been, they even call it out. Like Agatha's like, you're just cruel. That's all you are. But maybe that's what they're leading up to. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we're supposed to have this dissonance. What do you, what do you think? Um, what I would have loved to see is Agatha join wanda in the mountains and like help her learn about her magic like keep that part of it like maybe she is like tethered to wanda or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um or like can't use her own magic in that space but can like help wanda learn about hers something um i think we're i think we're supposed to be conflicted about the scarlet witch um because what i the part i didn't like is that she like did this like terrible thing to all these people and is just kind of getting away with it <laughs> yeah well yeah um yeah um by the same token um oh i got a cat i got a see cat it on see me. that kitty um like some of it was almost an unconscious reaction to her pain to her grief sure but, like but intent does not negate impact (laughs) no and she she knew when she saw like 
she she re-trapped people back in there no yeah um i was hoping there was going to be like a moment between her and um monica um something where they i don't know yeah um but all of all of that being said um it's one of the most enjoyable marvel properties that i've ever watched i'm i'm yeah yeah elizabeth olsen um was just like acting her pants off the whole time Mm -hmm. and the showdown between her and agatha was so good super cool like, yeah mm-hmm. especially with um the part at the end where like all of a sudden you <gasps> see these like runes appear <laughs> that and noise, you're like oh sound, shit that noise sounded like it sounded like simon your cat barked in your microphone <laughs> was like, no, was like, rubbing his face on it that was really funny yeah let me yeah it was a good reveal it was good um yeah yeah it was good it was a little hand wavy for me but but overall, sure. I liked it. I liked it. It was it was suitably comic booky, you know. Yeah. Um. That's that's what I that's what I wanted. Um. Go, buddy. Um. What else was I gonna say? And and uh, Vision guy, whatever his name. Oh, is. Vision. The showdowns between the Visions was really good. Yeah. That's like, um, um, the one like the the Red Vision was able to sort of just like reason with new. Um, actual vision yeah i and i like and restore those memories and like that's got a lot of potential that metaphor thing that he used that philosophical argument thing that's it's a I, it's a common like uh thing oh, yeah. in the philosophy. Ship of Theseus. yeah yeah and, and uh, i think there's some i might be butchering this completely but i think there's also like shinto shrines that are the same way where they read mm-hmm. they they piece it together and it's the same thing um yeah that was good but what's the actor's name vision oh i can't remember his name paul bettany right yes yeah he's good he was very good good. um and i like did you know that that was that rambo is is captain marvel in the comics yeah i saw that um i was looking up more about the character that she becomes because like her genetic material was rewritten after going back and forth through the wall into wanda town um and so she's she's got a couple other names like proton or plasma or something. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that she was originally um, the uh, Captain Marvel. So it'd be and, really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and and that makes sense for the the crawl reveal, right? Yeah. That was good. That yeah, was good. I like that very much. All the reveals at the end were good. Um, I. I... I hope they going forward for their other TV shows, they keep it like it played out very episodically. Like mm-hmm. even after they got out of the sitcom tropes, it was like, this is, this is what happens in this episode. And this is what happens in this episode. But I think, I think with like the Falcon and the winter soldier, it's going to be like, here's an eight hour movie binge it up yeah and like i don't know i'm just kind of sick of it yeah i like the episodic nature and then the goodbye sequences at the end with like that one got me real big in the feels like when they're tucking the kids in oh god yeah and then the bit where vision is saying how like they've said goodbye several times and that 
maybe someday they'll say hello again. Can I poke holes in, in something for one second here? Yeah. You, your parents and you have children, mm-hmm. you don't leave them to disintegrate by themselves. Right? No. <laughs> you say goodbye to your spouse and then go, we're, we're going to stay with the kids and hold their hand. Right. While I, they disintegrate in front of our faces. Yeah. I guess I kind of assumed that the kids would like to sleep. Possibly. Yeah. I, had, I had been waiting for Wanda to like do something and then the kids fall asleep so that mm-hmm. they're not awake for <laughs> they disintegrating. Hear, they, but they hear their parents telling them how much they love each other or whatever downstairs. Right. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> God. <laughs> right. I, um, I, I think that's how parenting works is, is you... That part is, did bother me. <laughs> you... I I think that's how you're supposed to do it is like here's the romance with me and my partner and we're like we're good now we stay with the kids to hold their hands and like make sure they're okay while they die right <laughs> but that's just a quibble um any other thoughts or should we wrap it up um I one last thing is I really like the Scarlet Witch's outfit that it's like cool and comic booky and sexy mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. having like tit windows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Cause the, like the, I was looking at old comics. Um, the Scarlet Witch's hair is bonkers in the old comics. Just these like heaps of red curls. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. And like her midriff is, is exposed. Um, I don't know. I think they did a really good job of making like a really cool superhero costume for her. Yeah. And I loved when it was like just the red light, like on her forehead. Yep. It was really cool. It was real good. All I right. I think she's, oh. she's, this series turned the Scarlet Witch into like a major player in the Marvel universe instead of a minor character who happened to be like super overpowered. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And that ends the spoiler section. End of spoilers, end of spoilers for WandaVision anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you can turn it back on and listen to Next Generation with us. We should figure out what, um, like how long we've been recording. So oh, put that um, in the, in the yes, notes. I don't know, okay. but I'll try. Okay. I can try maybe. Okay. I'm not going to promise anything on record. Okay. All right, now we move into our discussion. Star Trek. Star Trek. Trek of the stars. Star Trek, the next generation. My favorite show. Is it your favorite show? Mm-hmm. I fucking love it so much. Star Trek TNG is like my favorite show of all time. I don't think I knew that actually. Really? Oh, we're playing the yeah. wrong episode. Whoops. Go back. How do I go back? Oh, there it is. Um, that the one. Big goodbye. The big. Uh, I told you like... this. First officer's log. Whoa, Riker. Whoa. You're a little loud, Riker. buddy. Riker, cool it. Cool. Okay. I also propose that we 
just let this episode we'll we'll let it play and we'll comment as we're going but we freeform conversation but let's just sure. let it play okay as we're going um okay so it's playing here in the background for us all um i th- i told you this before before we recorded i don't think i've ever seen this episode all the way through it's I, it's a classic i think it's the first one where we see his um his preferred holodeck program of dixon hill oh it's so good the um what i think happened to me regarding this episode is i think i started this this watching star trek to fall asleep thing like on mm. my phone maybe when i moved here or maybe a little before so six years ago or so mm-hmm. so i i've definitely had this episode on and i've seen this beginning 15 times in the past <laughs> sure. six years but i always i kind of just make it to like to the credits and then i fall asleep basically <laughs> the opening credits sure so so yeah um it's the first episode that we've seen in Star Trek The Next Generation that heavily features, like, this is Shit Happens on the Holodeck. Oh, I love Shit Happens on the Holodeck. Um, quick thing. So the thing playing right now is Picard is inputting the parameters of his program to go in. He specifies a location of San Francisco, United States. Highly useful in training. What I find really interesting is to me that implies that he could make Dixon Hill set anywhere. Yeah. Like like Dixon Hill on Klingon and like everyone's a Klingon. Yes. Yes. But they're all yeah. acting like mobsters from the 40s. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think story-wise the reason they do that is because they are trying to beat us over the head that this is um raymond chandler stuff like this is the ode to raymond chandler and all of Mm -hmm. chandler's books take place in uh san francisco i think san francisco or la so yeah um and those sets um the uh not prerequisites what's the word i'm looking for the parameters parameters um precedent precedent um going forward people often specify like a, a time and place for their programs to run. Like um, at some point, Worf runs a program that takes place in the ancient West oh, right. of United States, oh, which is God. another amazing shit goes wrong on the holodeck. Yeah. These, <laughs> I, I wonder what the ratio is, you know, of, oh my God, sorry, my cat decided to disembark. Um, what the ratio is, like how often is the holodeck misfiring like an episode like or you know when there's not an episode <laughs> right right how many um, people are like why do you keep using that thing like i'm not going in that right? like, do you remember when the captain got stuck on there and that one guy got shot one guy got shot <laughs> or um uh the villain came to life and took control of the enterprise why do you guys keep using that stop it or the the time barkley built that weird machine and became like super powered and again (laughs) took control of the enterprise yeah the um this episode reminds me of the episode of community when the dean gets um the virtual reality machine 
<laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, and he's it like just... takes him like all day to like find a file or find settings or whatever. He keeps, yeah, it's and he can't like... stay out of it. And he keeps saying, "Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> I am a god. Uh, I have changed the. I have changed the clock." <laughs> But um, there's it has that quality to it because it does. Picard is so fascinated with this technology, and really, it's just like a VR video game, right? Like he's um, so obsessed with it to the point when he's in the briefing with his other staff members that he he's can't like, shut up. Can't I shut looked up out and about. saw these cars, and when They're I like, got smooched, it was. <laughs> Like, does this feel a little weird so to the real. rest of you guys? Because like our our boss is now talking about how this program is kissing him. Well, and did you see Riker's face? Like in the, <laughs> that bit when he's like, feel so real. And Riker like sits up and he's like, oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> Riker's like, oh I mean, this is how it's better than my little uh, hologram. <laughs> tiny harpist. Uh, tiny harpist from the last episode. Um. What's really great about this, too, is uh, so we have seen the holodeck once before um, the first episode. It's where Riker finds data like Data's hanging out in the holodeck, sitting in a tree, trying to whistle. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I and so I keep trying to think of like what must have changed because they talk about like they've had all these holodeck updates like they've upgraded. I have a, I have a question real quick. Yeah. My upstairs neighbor is vacuuming. How annoying is that? I can't hear it at all. She just stopped. Okay. Let me know. Let me know if okay. it's really loud. Okay. Go. Um, uh, so watching also the scene that's playing right now, Picard is in the holodeck. He's pretending to be Dixon Hill. He's talking to this woman about a case and he's so into it. He's just so into it. And it's so great. It's, I love. It, it, it feels. Uh, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to cut you off first. Okay. Um, it feels a lot like. Uh, the goofiness of the of the original series, like warping back and forth in time, and like just just it just feels goofy, which which I embrace. I like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I like watching Picard relax, um, because uh, Patrick Stewart is really good at, especially now when um, the directors were starting to let. I think Patrick Stewart natural warmth and personality come through a little bit more um in these later episodes of the first season and uh the difference between captain picard and picard having fun um sorry simon's yelling um it's just yeah it's Go really ahead. great yeah uh, i i wish they I, I like that they're incorporating a little bit more of that stuff into discovery mm -hmm. but i wish they would have done a little like i guess i guess the way we get this aspect of star trek is through lower decks maybe like the episodicness of it yeah i haven't have you seen lower, lower decks, decks? You no gotta, i haven't seen watch it lower decks it's so good it's so good um <laughs> there's one tiny spoiler there is a bit where someone has to clean up the holodeck <laughs> like has to change the filters on the holodeck and it's super gross um and it's something that i've i've talked about with friends before that like like whoever has to go in there after riker like because you know he's in the holodeck all the time there's one episode where 
um, there's that woman who she like hatches and she has um, like her, her special ability is to bond with the first male that she meets and become like perfect for him or whatever. But she hatches early, so she's like in flux and she um, sees Riker, kisses him and he's like, holy shit. And sends a message to like whoever's on the bridge, like I'll be in the holodeck. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So somebody, has, yeah, when they clean up after him, right? Like they put in like a double crew. I, 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 we're watching the scene where Picard is walked out of the holodeck and he still has the lipstick on his face. Mm-hmm. The lipstick would disappear. It, it should. I'm wondering if it's because it's on his person. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. which leads to a whole host of other questions. And uh, here's here's where he is emphatically telling his subordinate staff about the video <laughs> game that he's playing so energetically. He's so excited about it. He's like wandering around the room. He's got a big smile on his face. He And um, this is still when Patrick Stewart is like trying to nail down who Picard is. And you notice he's like, he's like, it does a lot more like fast fast like gesturing movements when he's like super happy like he just kind of doesn't do that after this first season you know yeah like movements are more controlled and slowing down also this this episode they (laughs) really creepy ass rikers smile this episode (laughs) like (laughs) they they amp up this beverly picard thing like yeah they were still trying to figure out Um, I, I also like that uh, there's a 20th century historian on the ship. It's a good bit. It's a good plot device. It's it's a great plot device. Um, it just, it's akin to like someone now, like, okay, we've got this exploratory vessel. We're going to explore the deep oceans. And we've brought this man who knows everything about the Renaissance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Why is he? I'm, I'm hoping what this means is that he has another function on the ship, but he's also he's such a nerd about the 20th century that the captain knows who he is, and that he's an expert in 20th century stuff. Could we could we shoehorn it in by saying it is a galaxy class starship? There. And and they it's built to have families on it, so therefore, mm-hmm. and we know it has schools and stuff. So he might it, be like married to somebody who's. I'm thinking maybe he's he's the a teacher for some mm. high school, and you know one of you know he's sure. like he's like English he's like English lit teacher, but yeah, focusing on 20th century. I like that. Actually, I like that a lot. Because um, because then it would fit like it would be like a submarine that has a K through twelve school right yeah and people anyways okay. all right a Which little also, more possible but still uh, ridiculous I feel like we can then extrapolate that there are um, experts in like a variety of time periods mm-hmm. in Earth history mm-hmm. um, yeah just then, like, like just like today. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the this first season data is pretty good too because they 
they're still using him as as like a super kind of like punchliney goofy guy um like and extra it, it, straight man yeah well even not straight man like even he does like goofy stuff yeah when, when he's <laughs> like the the uh like the accent that he's doing it when when we're about he to gets see him so goofy and then there's a bit where like so they run into some characters in the holodeck that are police officers and he's like you're in my town you got to keep your nose clean and he's like right his nose. right yeah I am also, about, this and, is a very good look for Patrick Stewart. The, oh, like, totally, totally. It, it, also, this is the equivalent of me like writing for my work, whatever check-in about what I'm playing on my Xbox. This is, I am about um, to enter the world of pirates and this, also space <laughs> dwarves and also Diablo three. Um. It's also kind of like doing a team building exercise with your coworkers, but you're LARPing. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun, actually. I would do that. Yeah, LARPing with your coworkers to uh, solve a mystery. Actually, um, it's uh, it's going to an escape room with your coworkers. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, this guy, all like back to the, back to the historian guy. Yeah. You kind of. He didn't really need him in this episode because Data just read all about it. Yeah. Like, I It's fine that he's there, but he just kind of... I mean, he gets shot, but somebody else could have gotten shot and it would have amped up the stakes a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, like if Beverly had gotten shot yeah. or... Um, or who else was on there? I guess just, just Beverly was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because Dana this, wouldn't have. This guy is great. I, f I forget that guy's name, but the um the newspaper actor guy. Yeah. Great. I've seen him in so many things. Yeah, he's one of those that guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, the the twentieth century historian is there for uh, Picard to nerd out with. About and to, it. And to be a a red shirt, you know, quote yeah. unquote red shirt. Well, and I think someone for Data to play off of because uh, like Beverly and Picard were sort of having a couple moments in this episode. Journeyman hurlers for the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> they never got no pitches. Um, 2026, not that far away. Yeah, how's uh, how's London doing on their baseball? Uh, no, he's not. Uh, he's, um, they always pick such weird places for Data to be from. He's from South America, like. Yeah, he's got a nice tan. <laughs> I do like that. The guy's like, mm, I'm not buying this story. No. Um, there's a an episode where um, Data goes back in time. It's one with uh, Mark Twain. Oh yeah. And, mm -hmm. Um he just tells everybody that he's from France and it's like, "Oh, okay. That's, that's right. fine." What did they um, what did where did they say Spock was from in that in that episode that we watch um when we were doing the the um the Discovery podcast about Remember that episode where they go back in time? I yeah, forget yeah, where yeah. they say he's from. I I want to say it's France too. But Probably. but that that whole thing is playing off of that Spock stuff. 
you know, yeah. Zeta himself was playing completely off of Spock. So for sure. Yeah. Um, I love this uh, police officer who's friends with Dixon Hill. Um, he's a really great character. And at the end of the episode, they have this really kind of emotional goodbye. Like you have, I have ex- like the, the music is kind of romantic. Yes. And it's like emotional and. Yeah. Yeah. Super. It read, it read like the, the, mm-hmm. the ending of these noirs where it's the conversation the love interest has. Yeah. So, it felt yeah. very like Casablanca. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the feeling I got from it. Yeah. That was super cool. I liked it. Um, and meanwhile, we haven't talked about the perfect pronunciation for these insect creatures that I'm bummed that we never get to see. Yeah, the voice, I meant to look it up and who plays the voice of the Harada captain. Because um, it sounds familiar, like the little nasally voice. But it's got to be sped up, right? Like, it's not. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find the big goodbye. IMDb. Yeah. Um, Harada. That's not part of the plan. Yeah. So they're they're interfacing with this. The time has come for you to honor us in hours. This is This alien species that they never deal with. It's like super touchy. No, sir. I'm not. I suggest we commence screen-to-screen communication so we can see each other. You offend us. <laughs> you offend us. We await your captain's greeting with boring unrest. End of communication. End of communication. So I'm going to end all of my phone calls for now. Uh, they're not mentioned in the IMDb page, and I'm annoyed about that. Preposterous. Let's see if we got anything on Memory Alpha about it. Uh, 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 it might be in um, might be in um, trivia or something. Oh, unknown performers, Harad and voice. Uh, well, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. Also, it it bothered me, and it felt out of character for Beverly to not report a malfunction like that of the doors. Yeah. I was like, that's weird, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what happens. Like, that's why there's so much shit going wrong on the Enterprise. People are going to the phone. Like, What's cooking? Yeah. You know, I had some trouble getting through. Like, that's all she says. Also, her hair looks amazing here. Big old red hair. What is it? Beverly Crusher, high femme in space. Um the it's just full of these like the he's being cooked (laughs) he's on ice (laughs) data doing a bit is one of my favorite things about star trek like when he's doing like this the uh sherlock character or like this like gangsta voice so good yeah um and then uh beverly crusher also nerding out in this episode was so good yeah and I was disappointed for her that, like, she and the rest of them just kind of hang out in the waiting room or, like, in the front hall of the police station. Like, they're not doing, they don't get to do anything. Right. Yeah. Um, 
so so the trivia about this episode said uh gene roddenberry suggested doing a detective story on the holodeck oh very good dixon hill homage to the maltese falcon 1941 film and yeah there's that felix leech character oh peter yeah joel cairo yeah um character of Dixon Hill was originally named Dixon Steele as an mm. homage to Torme's favorite Bogart movie in a lone place. Um, the title of the episode would be a composite of uh, Raymond Chandler books, The Big Sleep and The Long Goodbye. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, can we take a quick break? We are, going, we are going to take a quick break, which through the magic of the internet, you might not notice and we'll be back in three two one no we're not no that's no, no. okay no. we're right. we're pausing now we are back we're back we are i think we are yes we are yep we're back um commander so some some interesting things that they talk about on the trivia for this episode. Um, so uh, one of the headlines, John, Captain John Luke Picard reads is DiMaggio. Remember when he pronounces DiMaggio's name? Um, streak reaches 37. DiMaggio. Um, according to the baseball almanac, DiMaggio reached that number on the 25th of June in 1941. And then it says the unnamed baseball player who broke DiMaggio's record for longest consecutive hitting game strength was later revealed in Deep Space Nine if wishes were horses as Harmon Buck Bokai of the London Kings. I like that. I like that tie in there. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Deep Space Nine. Uh, Because Cisco was super into baseball. Super. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, this is the only episode that briefly shows Tasha Yar in command on the bridge. Yeah. Only um, one. I bre- I noticed that, that she was not, I didn't know that it was the only one. And it it's, makes sense. Al- it's also the only time any holodeck is shown to have two entrances while Wesley Crusher is working at the entrance where Picard and the others have entered. Cyrus Redblock obviously leaves the holodeck through another hatch because Wesley's not there. Huh. So that's um, interesting. Maybe there's like extra big ones that have multiple entrances. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a double deck. <laughs> oh, this is where and so back in the in the episode, uh the police chief or whoever that is is giving Beverly some gum. And she's like looking at it like she doesn't know what it is. Two tickets for the dance tomorrow night. Yes. What? Simon. What is happening over there? And, I don't know if you can hear him yelling. He can no, I can't hear anything. And Beverly, that's where Beverly swallows the gum? Yeah. Because she doesn't know what to do with it. She's given. Right. I'm surprised that she knew to like unwrap it. He just and... did, right? Though? I think he just did it himself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Same. Um. Just pet my cat over here. Um, what can I do? I like. I really like uh, Wesley's gray sweater. I would like a gray that sweater. gray sweater is great. Did you see that the 
the like microscope um things that he's looking through yeah he's looking like at the structure of yeah that's a neat little i i don't think we ever see that again do we i don't think so i like tools in star trek that do a thing that aren't just like one light pointing at another light yeah um you you seem so distracted by your cat. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is going on with him? He's just making so many noises and I'm trying to oh. figure out what's wrong with him. Oh, okay. Because um, sometimes he has issues going to the bathroom. Aww. I don't know if he's had issues going to the bathroom or if he just wants attention. Okay. Wants well, attention. let's keep us posted. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy Picard trying and failing to smoke a cigarette. I wonder if this is the only time that we see him smoking. Kids would love to see you. You know how much you love Sharon's cooking. Yeah, I don't know, because I know there's there's more Dixon Hill. I have other duties. Um, there's a number of Dixon Hill episodes. Yeah. It really. I think you're right. It really is a good look for for Picard. This mm-hmm. this detective look thing. Yeah, I mean it's another uniform, right? Sure. Like he does well when he's got like. And then there's this really nice moment between him and uh, Beverly. Right. Data's over there straightening his tie. Such a close up that yeah, it's a very much a throwback to like forties movies. Yeah. Not even there. You can't even get all of their faces on. Like, like they don't have ears. Yeah. I'm glad you could make it. Thank you. This tone, they I feel like they just they're like, well, we need to drop this kind of tone later on. Like Yeah, they were they were still figuring out their relationship. Um, I think they were planning to go someplace with it, and then it kind of got interrupted in the second season when she was gone. Right. And then when they brought her back, I think by then they realized they could do a lot by having all these different romantic interests um, with uh, Picard. Right, yeah. And her. Like, she also has a number of romantic interests throughout the series. And so they, I mean, they keep a little bit of that, like, will they, won't they tension in the background. Um, but really, their friendship just deepens into a very, very good friendship. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out. So in the in the very last episode, um, spo- spoilers, everybody, I guess, in the very last episode of the series, the whole series, um, when he's flashing forward to the future, they were married at one point. Right. Yeah. I think that guy who plays the. No, not McNary. What's the what's the expert's name? Waylon. What do we do now? Waylon. Who? Uh, I'm trying to figure out where the. Everything checks out so far. Waylon. Because that guy, I feel like he's been in so many different things. Do you see his name on this on this list of things? Here, I'm on the IMD page for the episode. Oh, okay. Because I swear that guy's been in other things. David Selberg. 
David Solberg. He was in the Born Identity. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, the, also in the Steven Seagal movie on Deadly Ground. The this bit where they haven't quite figured out that everything is dangerous and they're all like, oh, this is so fun. Look, the, their faces yeah. right here. Like they're all just delighted. Yeah. Um, and then when Waylon like pretends to be tough and he's like adjusting his, his bow tie and he's his adjusting bow tie. his cuffs. And... My game is over. Yeah. I assure you, this is not a game. Take it from me, Leech. Selberg uh, is that guy's name, right? Yeah, David Selberg. Um, he was on Doogie Howser for a couple episodes. Um, a oh, ton of stuff we... around this time. Just like yeah. one of those that guys. So um, this episode was the first Star Trek appearance of David Selberg, who later appeared in Next Generation, Frame of Mind, Vo um, Voyager, Caretaker, and Enterprise, Carbon Creek. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's popped up, he's popped up a bunch. And I really love that when, when uh, actors play multiple people on Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it they, it's it's like a it, it's a trope in in um, in TV shows. Like it happened on Deadwood, where they brought the guy, they brought a very main character back. As somebody completely different, and it and the guy looked similar enough in Deadwood that it was like, are they going to reveal that this is the same guy? Is this the same guy? Is that the same person? Because they were both very big characters in the show, but they were not. They were not supposed that, to be linked. Uh, that happened on. Um, uh, Annie and I have recently been watching all of the Mummy Returns movies as part of my my bisexual heritage um <laughs> that's an important sure. part of understanding it um oh also pro tip uh the second mummy's return movie the mummy returns is very very good it's incredibly mm. entertaining um still a brandon like, fraser movie right yes brandon okay. fraser rachel weiss scads of chemistry um mostly between Rachel Weiss and like the resurrected Egyptian queen, and oh, then okay. Brandon Fraser and um, I forget his name, uh, played by Odin. Um, played by Odin. Uh, I can't remember any names. This is very helpful. Anyway, it's good it's movie. A great, it's it's super super fun. Um, Okay. And, Good. Uh, anyway, in the third movie, sorry. <laughs> Jeez, my coffee's Where wearing is off this clearly. Going? <laughs> in the then third... there's this mummy, and then no. Um, in the third movie, they replaced Rachel Weiss's character with I don't remember the name of the actress. Um, but the reveal was um Rachel Weiss's formerly Rachel Weiss's character is doing a book reading, and all you see is like her hair and her hat. Okay. And then she gets a question from the audience, and like. How do you come up with these ideas? And they whip around. Connect with like this person. Is this based on you? And she's like, no. You might say it's an entirely different character. Ah, that's and then funny. they do the reveal of her face. That's funny. Um, it this that's guy, this guy Lawrence Turney, who plays, who plays the big bad mob boss. Red Red Block or whatever. The, I love I love when I see 
um, characters that I know, uh, actors that I know primarily from Seinfeld being in Star Trek. <laughs> and this guy, he plays he plays Elaine Bennis's dad, who is um, uh, and also an author, I think. No, he's just he's not an author. He's just Elaine Bennis's dad in Seinfeld. And he's like the sternest. I just love this guy. I love this this actor, um, Lawrence Turney. Yeah, and I guess he was in um, a Deep Space Nine episode. He does not. He he seems like his actual persona is this guy, and to pick for a guy like that to be to choose to be in a sci-fi show, just like, hey, Lawrence Turney, do you want to be on this uh, sci-fi show? What the hell are you talking about, sci-fi? Right. Yeah. What are you What are you reading over there? Uh, I'm looking at all the stuff he was in. He was in a bunch of Hill Street Blues. Yeah, that makes sense for that guy, right? Uh, an episode of Remington Steel. That makes sense for that actor, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, Star Trek just... I like to think he was just like... He's been waiting this whole time to do a sci-fi thing. It'd be really he's just, cool. He's, he's a thug who just has... Who reads a lot of sci-fi and like... Yeah. Or maybe he was really into the, like the original series when he was younger, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was we're... Uh, in the Death of a Cop, part of yeah. the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been in tons of stuff. He, he he plays this guy every single time. He's just this guy. I'm gonna jump forward a bit. Yeah. To where. If this isn't done correctly, the program could abort and everyone involved could vanish. Uh, and part of the reason they talk about that, I think, they've mentioned this later, is holodeck technology works on the same principle as the transporters. Yeah. And so basically, the holodeck would treat all of the matter the same. In this moment that's about to happen where all of a sudden it flashes into the Arctic. Yeah. I really like that. And they I don't think they've used it that much where it's just on the holodeck where it's just like all of a sudden the environment changes. Is this the only time that that's happened? It might be. And it's a really clever way of showing like he's restarted something. He's yeah. on the right track. That's great. I think this would be a really funny option to like just like it just starts like cycling through different environments yeah yeah that's the way into our world this yeah. part like freaked my bean because like uh freaked my bean <laughs> these holiday characters suddenly understand what they are i love and that yeah. normally they can't Hello, compute that. But these guys are like, yeah, there's a portal into another world. That's fine. Really he's like, yeah, large. I'm going to, you're a scamp, aren't you? I'm going to yeah. take over the whole place. And then at the end, like his, his police friend is like, possible. is my family real? <laughs> Good God. Yeah. That's <laughs> my assistant of his greatest pleasure. <laughs> we're gone. Kill them all. Make sure the bodies are never found. You're insane. 
You think you can kill a cop and get away with it? Why not? I've done it before. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Leach. Just the confidence with which he leaves. And again, for the second time in this podcast episode, we are going to talk about people disappearing from existence. Right? Yep. Uh, I like that it it takes a moment for the effect to happen. Yeah. It they in the trivia for this episode they were saying like later on people instantaneously just disappear. Yeah, like there's a part where someone like drops a book. Yeah. But then they wouldn't have this part. So good. Mm-hmm. Also, why didn't he just take away that guy's gun before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that uh, I find it really interesting that Data is punching someone for fun, like so you know, that he stays in character. What I was thinking about there is if Data can squash uh, a a Big gun with his fingers, fingers and if he punched somebody with, we're assuming more force i would have just liked the like quentin tarantino version of this where they like show his face and it's like oh jesus damn you really <laughs> fucking killed that guy his like whole his entire face off. is caved in you're a monster <laughs> like it's like they they leave and they're splattered in blood just bloody corpse on the ground oh mm-hmm. god data oh here's the dramatic the dramatic goodbye yeah. And the, yeah, the romantic music's playing. Well, jazz piano. It's totally it totally reads as a lo- like a love goodbye thing. I yeah. Wish I could take you with me. Someone has to book this creeper. Once a cop, always a cop, I guess. Definite bromance. Mhm. Uh, this is the big goodbye. <laughs> and the kiss lighting him. is kiss like him. so dramatic. Just kiss him. All right, I guess we'll just shake hands. Tell me something, guess. And you've gone. <laughs> Will this world still exist? It's so good. Will my wife and kids still be waiting oh. for me at home? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. The way it somehow the light manages to like glint off the one eye that's in shadow. Mm-hmm. This this episode is so well lit. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, my friend. Somebody just walks into your apartment and tells you, by the way. I'm going to shut your program down. You, <laughs> friends and family are no longer going to exist. Right. You ready, sir? You ready? I also no, love way. when people come directly to the bridge. Oh, yeah. After with, doing something else. With clo- with their clothes on. Yeah, we, where there's like holiday clothes or like sports clothes or whatever. I really want, I'm going to turn the volume up for this. I had never heard this before. Mm-hmm. And I love Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart doing this alien uh, greeting thing. Yeah. Go so for I would it. like for, I would like, I propose that we listen to it. Yes. Do it. Ready? Here it comes. 
Nope. Hailing frequencies. Frequencies open, sir. This is Jean-Luc Picard, captain of the Enterprise. Here it comes. Here it is. Ad klaxon ris blaj blan arnik karnik. Ad trasulah. Ras tras trasulah. Ah, it's so good. <laughs> and then, like, watching Deanna, like, relax. You have honored us. You have honored us, Captain. Oh, my God. I'm going to try and get that little clip on on, on my Instagram. Oh, 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 oh. Did you hear my, my voice memo I sent you? I did. Okay. So, um, nice vacation. It was a nice place to visit, number one, but also, I wouldn't want to die there. So, Dana... Um, when they're doing the bit of trying to come up with what um, on Discovery, what what Saru's gonna Behind say me. or what Burnham's Not gonna say, they should have used this. Step on it. Step on it. Take us out of orbit. Aye, sir. And Mr. LaForge. Sir. Step on it. Great. Uh, um, A plus plus episode. One of my faves. Very good episode. Uh, I think Will Wheaton also said he really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, in the uh, trivia, he rated he rated it as um, an A episode, I believe. Yeah. It says um. Uh, uh, er, 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 er. He says no, 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 no. I had it up. Good radio. Where was it? I don't remember. It was in there somewhere. Yeah, I saw it. Well. Uh, in 2007 online review, Will Wheaton gave this episode <laughs> an A. He remarked, we'd done 12 episodes before this, which is half a season, and this was our favorite to shoot at the time. There's an actor in the world who doesn't love playing a period piece, and I think our real joy in filming Big Goodbye cascaded into our performances. Um, one of the other quotes from here I thought was good was um, from from uh, one of the producers, Maurice Hurley. Th this is an interesting quote. He says the, about the episode, it was just fun to do. It's got humor and life to it. This is the part that I think is interesting. He says, the thing is that Star Trek can't brood. If it broods, it gets self-important and self-indulgent and preachy, like it has a tendency to do if it's not careful. But it has some life to it, some humor, and it just jumps and flies. It's different, but absolutely locked in the Star Trek format. I think that's true. I think, I yeah. think that's Star Trek can't brood. If it broods, it gets self-important and self-indulgent and preachy. Yeah. Yeah, I think we see um, Discovery sort of. Yeah sometimes cross that line mm -hmm. um, I, I think that third season they finally get the that balance that goofiness and like but also like kind of kind of tender after school special type stuff but like in space it's like it's like mm -hmm. that's that's the realm that we need to like live in oh this episode was the first hour-long drama to win a peabody oh look at that in that first category time. For excellence in television broadcasting. That's awesome. Well, 
did we do it, Rachel? I think we did it. Okay. Well, that was fun. It was fun. And now uh, my sign-off phrase is especially appropriate. What's that? Computer. Oh, oh, what? What's, <laughs> what's your, what is it? I forget what your sign-off phrase is. Computer and program. <laughs>